1: Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. Many times in my marriage, fear, most of us fight because of fear. We really do. When you're fighting with your spouse, most often you're fighting about your fears. You're making me feel like that I'm not going to be protected. You're, make, you're making me feel like I'm not going to be provided for. You're making me feel like that I'm not a good man. And you're making me afraid. So rather than being humble and admitting our fears and bring them out in the light, we begin to fight and act macho and tough. I know there's a good fear. I know there's a normal fear that God gives us for good in our lives. And it's important that we have a healthy fear for our good. But but let me tell you the difference between good fear and bad fear. How to tell the difference? Because sometimes, you know, I'm sitting here saying God will never use fear in your life uh, for any any purpose that he's going to do. And that's true. But there is a healthy fear And there's a demonic fear. Well, how do you know the difference? Well, here's some ways you can know the difference. Good fear is circumstantial. But bad fear is perpetual. Circumstantial means you're driving down the street in your car. You see a car coming at you suddenly. And that fear causes you to swerve away and to save your life or to save the life of the people in the car from you. And that fear wasn't there before that happened. And it goes away after it's over with. That's a circumstantial fear. That's good fear. Bad fear is perpetual. It's a spirit of fear. You live with an abiding sense of anxiety that something's about to happen to you. The other shoe is going to drop. I'm going to go broke. I'm going to die. Harm is going to come. There's going to be a terrorist attack. Something is going to happen to harm me, and it's abiding. Anxiety wears us out and causes us to become depressed. You just can't, your emotions can't handle long-term anxiety without bad things happening to them. God never uses this spirit of fear, this anxiety in our lives because we can't live that way. We're not designed that way. The second thing about good fear is it's protective, but bad fear is paralyzing. You hear of like little ladies picking cars up and moving them, you know, when you're under this incredible fear. That's good fear. That's fear that's there to protect you. But bad fear is paralyzing. It doesn't help you to get out of trouble it keeps you in trouble. Have you ever had one of those dreams where someone's chasing you, can't get away, and you're in your underwear? Never mind. That's, that's <laughs> it. but I never have those dreams. But some of y'all do. But when you're feeling fear, you're feeling the presence of the devil. And I'm not saying you're of the devil. He comes to all of us. He came to Jesus Himself. When you're weak, when you're struggling when you're frustrated, when you're confused. He is not a gentleman, he is an evil devil and on your weakest day, he'll attack you at your weakest moment. He'll attack a child, he'll attack an old lady, he'll attack someone who's infirm, he'll attack someone who's just lost a loved one. He doesn't care, he's evil. And when you sense that fear in your life, understand that's him, that's him. And he's coming to try to control you the way he's controlled. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So how do you overcome fear? Let's talk about this. Four four things. Number one, admit your fear without shame. How do you overcome fear? Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus took his his 11 disciples at that moment. He brought them into the Garden of Gethsemane. He took Peter, James, and John, his three best friends. He walked further into the Garden of Gethsemane with them, and he turned to them and said, I'm dying. I am just unbelievably upset right now guys would you please pray with me and then he turned and got down on his knees and he said daddy Abba father Abba means daddy he said daddy I'm scared I don't want to die on the cross I don't want to do this if there's any way daddy will you let me out of this deal prayed it three times admit it without shame we all feel fear all of us feel fear When I was a kid growing up, you know, I mean, I felt fear all the time, but I didn't know how to deal with fear when I was a kid. Even when I was a young man, I didn't know how to deal with fear. And I was a young man, you know, little, little girls or young ladies, they, you know, they get to cry. They get to scream. They get to do things like that. When you're a a young boy growing up, you know, you're not very old until someone tells you you're a sissy. If you do that, boys don't get to cry and scream and things like that. You just take it, you know, you just be a man. And so as a young boy growing up, when I got fearful, I remember the way I responded to it was, I I was fearful on the inside. But I learned as as a a young boy, you stick your chest out, you stick your chin out, you just kind of get the stance. Come on. Come on. Get over here with your bad self. Just try it out. Grab all you think you can ride, and I'll give you some. But on the inside, You're going, "Ah, please don't. But I didn't know, you know, that's just the way I responded. The, The more afraid I felt, the more macho I got. But you know, it doesn't work. And I got to a certain place in the Lord where I realized it's okay to say I'm afraid. With Karen, many times in my marriage, fear, most of us fight because of fear. We really do. When you're fighting with your spouse, most often you're fighting about your fears. You're making me feel like that I'm not going to be protected. You're, make, you're making me feel like I'm not going to be provided for. You're making me feel like that I'm not a good man. And you're making me afraid. So rather than being humble and admitting our fears and bring them out in the light, we begin to fight and act macho and tough and things like that. When fear stays in darkness, understand Satan is the prince of darkness. Anything in the darkness is, is under his domain. You can't kick the devil off of his own property. And the darkness is his property. The only thing you can do is take it and put it in the light because Jesus is full of light. And there's something incredibly healing and powerful about just simply saying, I'm afraid. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just a human being. This is way beyond me and I'm not going to act tough and I'm not going to act confident because I don't feel tough and confident. I feel very, very fearful. And that's all right. Jesus understands. He's merciful with that. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us just because we're feeling fear. I feel fear all the time about a lot of stuff. And I just have to bring it out. I need to talk to Karen about it. I need to talk to my close friends. Not everybody. I need to talk to God about it. Number two, that's what Jesus did. Number two, submit your fear to God. Admit your fear and then submit it. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus came into the garden and he said, Father, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid. Daddy, I don't want to die like this. Please take this cup away, but not my will. Your will be done. Now, here's what it means to submit your fear to God. It means my feelings are not my master. You're my master. I may be feeling afraid, but I'm not going to act on that. I'm going to. The second thing it means is your word is going to tell me what to do. My fear is not going to tell me what to do. I feel fearful, I feel like running away, but I'm not gonna do anything unless you tell me to do it. Let me say something as a personal testimony. You know, because I I live many years of my life making most of my decisions based on fear. I regret every decision I've made by fear and no decision I've ever made by fear has turned out right. Anybody agree with what I'm saying this morning? I've never made a decision by fear that later on, I thought, thank God I made that decision. That was the right choice. Every time I react by fear, let me say this. If you wanna starve a monster, don't feed them. But if you wanna make a monster bigger, just keep feeding it. The more decisions you make by fear, the bigger the spirit of fear gets, and the more that it controls your life. Just because we're feeling something doesn't make it right. Let me say this, it was real. But was it right? Just because our emotions are real don't mean they're right. When we're feeling, many of us, the greatest regrets that we have in our lives are things that we've done when we were feeling something and it was real. The lust, the greed, the hate, the self-hate, whatever it might have been. It was real, but it wasn't right. And Jesus came to his Father and he said, Father, this is real. He was born for that. He was sent for that, but he didn't want to do it. This is real, Father, but you're going to tell me what's right. We need to learn in our lives not to be ruled by our emotions, but to be ruled by God and ruled by God's word. And the more you act upon faith in what God says, the more free you will be and the more your life will turn out for good. But the more you do what your emotions say, Especially when your emotions are working against the word of God. You're going to regret it. I'm I'm saying I've made many decisions based on fear. And I regret every single one of them. Number three. Face your fears by faith and watch them crumble. Jesus prayed that prayer three times. Father let this cup pass. And he looked up and the torches of those that were coming to crucify him were coming with Judas at the front of the pack. And that was his answer. Jesus did not run. The disciples ran. But Jesus did not run. He stood his ground and he went to the cross. And here were his first words after his resurrection to the disciples. Luke 24, 36. As they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, peace. Peace. Jesus felt fear and he faced his fears by faith and he'll never have fear again. He's full of peace. Now I want you to listen to me. Sometimes God will... Deliver you from your fears. But a lot of the time. God delivers us in our fears. Sometimes you just have to face your fears. You're afraid of. of Being vulnerable. You're afraid of rejection. You're afraid of intimacy. And you're afraid of loving people. But God wants you to love people. And in the midst of loving people. He's going to set you free. You're afraid of poverty. You're afraid of lack. You want to prosper. But God wants you to give. And in giving you'll learn to be free. God doesn't come to us and build us an environment where we never have to face our fears. Sometimes you have to run to the roar to kill the lion. I got on an airplane one day, and I'm not afraid of flying. I've never been afraid of flying. I, airplanes put me to sleep. When I get on an airplane, I love to sleep. And I fly a lot. I fly Southwest Airlines a lot. And it's my airplane. I just let other people fly with me to keep the cost down. And, <laughs> But... I got on an airplane one day, and this poor girl, she was sitting right across the aisle from me, and maybe she was about 25 or 30, terrified, 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 and she had friends sitting right next to her, and her friends were trying to comfort her, you know, because she was terrified. Now, listen, we were sitting at the gate, and she took the air sick bag out and started throwing up. (laughs) The plane had moved an inch, and she was already using the air sick bag, and and I had to fly the entire trip with her over here right next to me, so... Her friends were saying, are you okay? And she was just sitting there like this. Let me say, if you want to get over your fear of flying, don't drive, fly. The first time, you may be like her. Use two or three air sick bags. That's all right. Next time, you'll just use two. Next time, you'll just use one. Next time, you won't need one. After you've flown a hundred times, you'll be sleeping on the airplane. You won't be afraid anymore. Because what Satan wants you to do is to live your life in fear so that you're paralyzed and you cannot do what God wants you to do. And sometimes God will deliver us from our fears. But more often he'll say, now you stand up and you run to the roar. You stop letting that demon control your life. By faith, do what I'm telling you to do. And I'm telling you, I will rescue you. Jesus didn't run from the cross, he ran to the cross and he died on it. And when he was resurrected, he came to his disciples and said, peace. The fear's gone. It was there for a moment, but God was with me and I faced my fear and now peace. If you're tired of endlessly scrolling through mundane TV shows, searching for something fresh and inspiring, I get it. Time is too valuable to waste on mind numbing content. It's time to invest in something new. Allow me to introduce you to Hillsdale College. They're offering over 40 free online courses covering essential and enduring subjects. Think C.S. Lewis, the Book of Genesis, the Essence of the U.S. Constitution, the Rise and Fall of the Roman Republic, and the Ancient Christian Church. And here's the kicker. These courses won't cost you a penny. They're absolutely free. Now I want to share a personal recommendation. American citizenship and its decline with Victor Davis Hanson. In this insightful eight lecture course, Victor explores the history of Western citizenship and the challenges it faces today. From the vanishing middle class to the rise of globalist organizations and much more. Here's the deal friends, head over to hillsdale.edu forward slash marriage right now to kick off your free course. It's simple to get started and it won't cost you a dime. That's hillsdale.edu forward slash marriage the gateway to beginning your learning journey. Don't miss this chance to invest your time in something truly meaningful. Join Hillsdale College and let's start expanding our horizons together. In the midst of our busy lives, it's easy to neglect our skin. But One Skin, our sponsor today, is on a mission to simplify skincare while delivering profound results. One Skin's secret weapon, their proprietary OS01 peptide. This groundbreaking ingredient doesn't just mask skin issues, it targets them at a cellular level. We've always struggled with finding products that actually deliver on their promises, but One Skin blew us away with its results. We've used it primarily on our face and neck and the difference is incredible. But don't just take my word for it. One Skin's commitment but the skin longevity is backed by solid science. Their research has shown that the OSO1 peptide can reduce the number of sensitive cells up to 50%. Effectively reversing skin's biological age. Invest in the health and longevity of your skin with OneSkin. As a listener of our show, you can snag an exclusive 15% off your first purchase using code marriage at oneskin.co. That's oneskin.co with code marriage. After you make your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please do us a solid and let them know we sent you. Let's support each other in the journey to healthier, happier skin. Remember, OneSkin isn't just about skincare, it's about skin longevity. Say hello to to a brighter, more youthful you. This program we're talking about, Overcoming Fear, it's a huge issue because every single person has to deal with fear. You know, I heard someone say one time, you know, courage is not the absence of fear, it's the mastery of it. When people do the right thing, it's not because they're feeling the right thing. It's because they just simply make a decision not to let fear control their lives. And so, Karen, you have some questions from our viewers. I do.
0: You know, you talk a lot about fear being a main reason that couples have conflict. And so, you know, just kind of talk about um, a little bit of that in more in detail of what that means.
1: Well, w- we typically fight around our fears. Mm-hmm. Research has, has proven that really the worst fights that we have typically is that we're fighting around our fears is I fear that you're going to put me down, so I put you down. Mm -hmm. You know, I fear that you're going to reject me, so I I reject you. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever that fear might be, you know, 1 Peter 3 says that that women can win their husbands without a word Mm -hmm. uh, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. And it says that in the old times, like Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened with any fear. Mm-hmm. Well, men and women deal with this, but that was just addressing women. There's either faith or fear. Right. And in marriage, we either do the right thing by faith or the wrong thing by fear. You and I were full of fear mm-hmm. when we got married. We fought around our fears. And today we have a marriage. We both still feel fear, but we have a faith marriage.
0: Well, and I don't think everybody realizes they have the fears. Right. Because I never thought of myself as a fearful person. I, I didn't fear, um, you know, I just didn't, ha- I had fear of car wrecks, you know, but as far as our relationship, I didn't fear that much. So I think, you know, it's really good too, to kind of check behavior. You know, mm-hmm. if you're seeing certain behaviors, you know, what is the root of that?
1: Well, if you're controlling, mm-hmm. you have fear. Mm-hmm. If uh, you're, you can't be approached, exactly. if you're defensive, you have fear. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, just like you're saying, a person might say, well, I don't have fear. You, you can just check your behavior. Yeah. Let me say, if you don't have fear, it just means you'll do the right thing. Right. You'll let your spouse approach you. You mm-hmm. won't be afraid of, of what they have to say. Right. But in most cases, when we get into fights, it's because we're pushing each other's fear buttons. Yeah. And so there's either fear or faith.
0: That's good. Okay, I worry about whether or not I'm truly saved. How can I know for sure? I don't want to be afraid or worried. Well you
1: you feared that you weren't. I saved did, for, I did. That your... was
0: oh my gosh. And I can't figure out why it was so hard for me, but I think it's because I I had a concept from uh probably just growing up that God, you know, you were approved by how you acted, if you were good or bad or if you did the right thing. And so I knew I wasn't doing the right thing all the time. You know, I wasn't in sin, but I just didn't I knew I had bad behavior. And um, and so I always questioned. I must not be saved if I'm acting this way. I couldn't be saved because in my mind, you know, saved people act good. You know, Christians are supposed to be good people. And um, and so it was hard for me. And it wasn't until, you know, I finally got the concept of faith. Right. You know, we are. You know, that's the difference between our relig- religions and ours is because we walk by faith. And faith means I may not see it or taste it or feel it, but it's real because God's word says it. Right. And if we couldn't fast with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, he's Lord. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was like, it, it finally that hit me, you know. Oh, my gosh. It's just, so anyway, that's how it was for me. Well,
1: when I got saved, the devil, I didn't know it was the devil back then. But the devil's always there to tell you, you're not saved. Yeah. And God loves everybody else, but he doesn't love you. Uh, Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's talking about the door of our hearts. He says, If anyone will hear his voice and opens the door, He'll come in and dine with you and you with him. And that's the promise of eternal life. And all we have to do is open the door of our hearts. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. God keeps his deals. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Mm -hmm. If you confess him as Lord, if you invite him into your heart, you are saved. And you can know that. And like Karen said, you stand by faith. Doesn't matter how you feel. The devil's always going to attack you for your salvation. But by faith, you believe that your God is a as a truth teller and a promise keeper.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, okay. Now, with the economic challenges in the world today, I'm worried and fearful about the future. How can we, as a couple, have financial s- security? It's hard to save as much as we need to.
1: Well, you know, I love that question because in the world that we live in, with the economy not just our economy but the economies of the world shaking, yeah. uh, a lot of people have financial insecurity. Well. About a third of the Bible's prophecy, and most of the prophecy in the Bible relates to the end times, which I believe we're living in the end times. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, the coming of the Son of Man will be like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot. There was buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage, which is good job security for us, Karen, marriage today, (laughs) is marrying and giving in marriage until the day that, that Noah went on the boat and Lot left the city. Jesus said that for a reason because what he was saying is the economy is going to be there until I come. Now, after Jesus comes, the economy falls, according to Revelation 13, it falls into the hands of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be here then. Okay? <laughs> but I'm just saying to you, our God is the God who controls the economy. Mm-hmm. And rather than wrenching, because God's not worried about the economy because he has his own economy. <laughs> he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm-hmm. He's the richest person in the universe, mm-hmm. and he could never exhaust his wealth. He can take care of all of his children and have some left over. When you pray and when you make Jesus the Lord of your finances, make your decisions by prayer. Don't make your decisions by fear. Don't make your decisions based on what's happening in the world around you. Pray. Obey God. This is what we do, Karen. Mm-hmm. We pray. We obey God. We, we trust him for our financial security. Let me just say something. When your financial security is in the world, you're insecure, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who have a lot of money, And it doesn't matter how much money they have, they're totally insecure when they're watching Mm -hmm. the stock market and listening to the news and all that's happening in the world. But I'll tell you this, regardless of how much or how little you have, your God is a faithful God. Mm -hmm. Do not respond by fear. Put your faith in him. Jesus said the economy will be present. There may be some ups and downs, but the economy will be there until he comes. After he comes, it's going to be a mess. But until he comes, he's going to be faithful to all of his children. We We hope that this information is helpful. We're going to come back now. And just a little bit with another question. But we want to encourage you, if you've been touched by what we do here on Marriage Today, we hope you have, is we want to bless your life. We want to help you to, to succeed in life. And we have a group of people. We can only do this because of our financial supporters. And one of the backbones of our ministry here financially are our rock-solid partners, people that stand with us every month to support us. And when you do become a rock-solid partner, we have a special resource for you called our Dream Marriage Library. Every month you get the first and best of our marriage teachings along with other benefits that only our partners get. And you can get this on your iPhone, your iPad, your computer, delivered to your home. It's great for date nights. It's great for Bible studies. It's great for just continuing education in the area of your marriage. We want you to become a rock-solid partner. Here's how you can do it. Our program today is on overcoming fear, which is an issue, Karen, that we all have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And we have some questions from our viewers on this. Uh,
0: She says, my husband has a wandering eye, and I'm concerned that he might leave me for someone else. I don't know if this fear is real or just in my head, and how do I deal with it?
1: Well, when you say your husband has a wandering eye, that, I mean, that's a a means for for concern, certainly. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you should, the husband shouldn't have a wandering eye. You know, you should, (laughs) you should, I'm married... You make a decision that I married one woman, and my heart and my eyes are for her only, and it's very offensive and and very uh, rejecting of a woman when a husband looks at other women Mm -hmm. and and things like that.
0: Especially in her presence. (laughs) You
1: bet. Well, obviously she knows about it. So here's what I wouldn't let the devil do. Fear is a prophet spirit that comes to give us a negative view of the future to get us upset so we'll make a fear-based decision that God will not honor because God only honors faith. And so you're hurt, rightly so. Yeah, I'm, I'm on your side. But when the devil comes to you and he wants to project that out and say, well, your husband has wandering eyes, so this and this and this and this. And and what happens is that it upsets you. You can become aggressive towards your husband. You can begin to accuse him of things that he maybe hasn't done. What you need to do is, first of all, pray. pray that, Pray that God will get your husband's heart that he will bring him under conviction for his wandering eye. The second thing that you do is you love. The Second Timothy one seven says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And that means rather fear is the opposite of those three things. It's the opposite of love. It's the opposite of power. And it's the opposite of a sound mind. And so when that fear comes and says, well, your husband is a wandering eye and he's going to do this and this and this. So wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to love my husband. I'm going to have the power to do the right thing regardless of what my husband's doing. And I'm going to think right thoughts. I'm going to, I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to do the, the logical thing and get people to help me. I mean, get people around me, not everybody, but a few of the right people to help give me good advice. So I'll do the right thing. If you don't respond to fear, but you respond to faith, your heart's broken, I don't blame you. But don't let the devil get in there and cause you to make fear-based decisions. Well,
0: and you know, God's Word says that His lo- perfect love casts out fear. Right. And, a, and the more she grows in her relationship with the Lord and trusts His love, That's right. you know, it'll it'll deal with that fear in her that gets triggered. And then, like you said, you gave great ex- yeah. great advice for her, for her husband.
1: Right. Well, I'm sorry that we're out of time, but, but we are. But we're really glad that you tuned in today. We hope that this program has been helpful to you. Come back next time for more Marriage Today. God bless you. Goodbye.